Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Allen Derry, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Hi, my name is Doc Griggs, and I'm a community medicine doctor and health literacy expert. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician, that's me, and a health literacy and communications expert, that's me, talk about what you need to know about COVID-19. You can find more information about this show and our other daily live updates and Q&A show at noisefiltershow.com. So let's get started. Mental health check-in. There was a study released this week that examined the mental health of nearly 2,000 university students in reference to COVID-19. Besides providing some insight into what mental health challenges returning students may be experiencing this fall, many of its conclusions are also applicable to the population at large. The study looked at a variety of psychiatric symptoms and found four which showed significant differences compared to levels measured pre-pandemic. Researchers found that more than two-thirds of participants showed signs of traumatic stress. Almost 50% had depressive symptoms, a third reported anxiety, and one out of five had some degree of suicidal ideation. All of these were big jumps from levels seen pre-pandemic. I hate to think of all these young people walking around with the weight of the world on their shoulders. I remember when I was a student, it was about studying, sports, and having fun. I can't imagine. So did these researchers look at any contributing factors, Doc? You know, they sure did. And this is where it starts to get super interesting. The researchers measured a variety of variables and found several factors which served to either lower COVID-related mental health challenges or else to heighten them. On the heightening side, they found that increased screen time defined as the time people spent on their phones and computers each day negatively affected mental health. People who spent more time online tended to perceive a higher threat from COVID-19. Boy, is that, <laughs> that is not a surprise, <laughs> but, also felt the le- but also felt less ability to do anything about it. Financial stress tied to a lack of work or worried about finding a job in the future was also a strong contributing factor to poor mental health. On the other hand, mindfulness, perceived social support, and self-efficacy all contributed to a more peaceful mental state. Mindfulness also included things like taking walks, being out in nature, reading books, Beneficial social support activities included long conversations with family and close friends, whether in person or on the phone, and self-efficacy included taking personal steps to decrease the potential chance of infection both to oneself as well as to one's family and friends. These included things like wearing masks, following locally issued guidelines. So, see... Masks aren't only for your physical health, but they also make you feel better about yourself too. Doc Griggs, your thoughts. You know, I think this study is a great reminder that mental health is a mix of things that happen to us, as well as what we decide to do in the face of them. When these crazy times first started, I think a lot of people hunkered down, stayed on their phones or computers, reading the news all day, started drinking more, eating more, and eating unhealthy. In other words, engaging in short-term solutions to counteract their depressions and anxieties. 
As time wore on, though, these short-term fixes became counterproductive. I think this study is a great reminder that there's no time like the present to take a step back and look at your routines and begin to make more conscious choices to ensure that your mental health is solid. We can't control what's going on in the world at large, but we can control our response. Download a meditation app, get out in nature, exercise, reach out to friends and family in ways that allow for authentic connection and and follow the guidelines, which you know deep down are going to protect you and the ones you love. The virus isn't going away anytime soon, folks, but we can make the choices to support our mental health during these times. As a quote goes, make mistakes of ambition, not mistakes of sloth. Develop the strength to do bold things, not the strength to suffer. And as always, Doc, breathe, check, and step back. We got this. Does that mean I can give you a hug now? Oh, we had it until you said that. He blew it. He blew it. Hi. My name is Karen. I'm one of the writers for this show, and I also just graduated medical school. Over the last several months, like pretty much everyone else in this country and countries around the world, my life was turned upside down by COVID. It ended my last semester of school months early, ruined planned trips and experiences like graduations and weddings, and I got COVID. I was sitting on my couch one afternoon when I received a call from the Dean of Students at my medical school, an unusual occurrence that immediately made my heart start pounding. Through the speaker, I heard something completely unexpected. I don't know if you've heard anything about this, but a patient of yours from one of your recent shifts has tested positive for coronavirus. She had an unusual presentation, so from what we know, no personal protective equipment was in use. You need to go into quarantine now. As I began my quarantine, I was more concerned about what I would miss than what would happen if I actually got the virus. At that point, it was assumed that most people under 30 would be basically asymptomatic. At the same time, news was coming from around my city, country, and the world about how bad the pandemic was and would be. I felt like all I heard or talked about was COVID. So when I started experiencing symptoms, I really thought it might have all been in my head. It started out with just feeling a little winded. I attributed it to sitting on the couch for five days and doing nothing. But I felt like I couldn't get a full breath. Over the course of 24 hours, though, things became a lot worse. Each breath took effort, and I truly worried that I suddenly would not be able to breathe at all. The muscles between my ribs got sore and tired from helping my lungs work. I called the hospital and my primary care doctor to see if I could get a test to confirm the diagnosis, but I wasn't able to get one. They didn't have enough in the city to test the people already in the hospitals. No matter how bad my cough got or my breathing was, if I didn't have a fever, I couldn't get a test. The best my doctor could do was prescribe me an inhaler in case my breathing got worse that I could use on my way to the ER. Even with all of this, my course of COVID was pretty mild. I felt sick and achy, and I had trouble breathing, but I never got sick enough to go to the hospital. I thought I was in the clear about a week after I started getting sick, and I decided to go for a short walk. As I walked around the block, I started getting dizzy. I realized that my breathing was so heavy, even though I was walking at the speed of a turtle. I made it back home after walking just a few blocks and I had to lie down. 
As the weeks went on, I expected the breathing trouble to go away or get better. I pushed myself and exercised to build up endurance. But still, if I overworked myself, I found it hard to breathe. I also loved to sing, but COVID made it nearly impossible. I couldn't breathe well enough to sing through even an easy song the week after COVID. And even now, more than four months later, I can't hold out notes or sing for nearly as long as I could before. Honestly, I don't know if my lungs will ever be the same. For all I know, there's scarring there that could last for months or years. I'm grateful that I had such a mild course compared to those in hospitals and on vents. At the same time, though, I realize now that even as a 24-year-old in relatively good health, I was not immune to this disease, and I could suffer long-term effects. Three new habits during quarantine that may last. Coronavirus is once again the main topic of conversation in the media. Cases are rising and social distancing is not being practiced to the extent that's necessary. However, although the future might seem bleak, there are some victories associated with the pandemic that we want to highlight as silver linings. For one, the quarantine experience has allowed people to slow down and to think about their future and what really matters in life. Uh, With some folks, uh, really... Pre-quarantine consisted of everybody constantly working and on the go every day. But with this sudden stop in all activities and mandatory isolation, it has been ideal for reflection, reconsidering what work and life balance uh, should be. In addition, I'm sure everyone can agree that during this time, Doc, we've all become more appreciative of our family and friends. You and I have been together every day since March. Early March, yeah. Yeah, and we'd spent a lot of time together before, but I tell you, the, 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 the bond and the depth of the relationship and the reflections, the laughs, is something that we'll be able to look back on. Uh, the, even though we're forced to alter our lives and be so uh, physically distant, but socially connected, we've enriched a bond and a relationship as, we, as we've been on the front line of this pandemic, particularly in light of the deaths that I've personally experienced that you've helped pull me through. I still have to deal with a lot of them, the majority of which have been caused by the virus. Uh, It's been our relationship and our relationship of the people in my closest social circle that has encouraged and allowed me to get back in the saddle every day to go fight this beast called COVID-19. And then the third uh, is one that I think is so incredibly important and is something that you and I uh, have talked about over the years on our radio program, and that is that the pandemic has ignited a desire in the nation to fight for equality for all Americans of every background. With the death of George Floyd happening amid the pandemic, racial justice has become a headline. Protests against police brutality have in turn created a unity among the nation for peace. Some say this activism has given them hope and that they will make it out of this chaos soon. Dr. Riggs, any final words here? Yeah, folks, uh, as you can hear, uh, hope has not been extinguished. And if we look at history, uh, out of the ashes will arise a better world. Stay with us. We got you. We'll see y'all on the other side. Thanks for listening to the Noise Filter Daily Podcast. 
Dr. Derry and I have a daily show at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time where we go into more detail on stories and answer your questions about COVID-19. You can find Doc Griggs at DocGriggs1 on social media, and you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at D-R-D-E-R-Y. You can follow us at Noise Filter on Instagram, Noise Filter NOLA on Twitter, and for more information about us and the show, you can go to NoiseFilterShow.com. Hey, Doc Griggs, any last words? Remember, get checked, get fit, get moving. And remember to get some rest to boost your immune system. And Doc, protect yourself and others by staying home and please wear masks when you go outside. Remember, health is a human right.